Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Football without DeAndre Hopkins. What will it look like? We give our thoughts, plus our reinforcements needed at the wide receiver position. Or maybe there are other spots on the roster that are more in need of some help. We put it all on the table. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 563, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Hope you had a good weekend, and more importantly, MJ, a relaxing weekend because it's shaping up to be a busy week. Let's see. We've got the schedule release coming up on Thursday, the 2022 draft class and undrafted free agents with the field for the first time on Friday. Plus, as we speak, phase two of the offseason workout program continues. So, so much for an offseason, as we like to say in the National Football League. There is no such thing as an offseason. Yeah, I'm excited, Craig, because obviously the schedule, I mean, it's it, it, we know who the opponents are. Now it's, you know, how many primetime games we talk about, where's the bye week, um, Who's your opener? How many uh, road games do you have back-to-back? So that's always fascinating. And then Cardinals really have a really impressive uh, home schedule. And they got some quality opponents on the road, obviously going to Denver and Las Vegas. But, yeah, it's just, it, you know, and, and the Bird game has done a really good job traveling. Um, obviously, Mexico City, we know that's one game. But, yeah, it's exciting. And then, you know, we spend so much time, and really we got to focus just on the eight draft picks and the undrafted free agents, and now we get a chance to see them in person. You know, obviously they've been through the banquet tour, um, and so we're going to get a chance to talk to at least uh, the top four picks on Thursday, and I'm excited about that. Uh, you're looking at Trey McBride, Cameron Thomas, Myji Sanders, and Keontae Ingram. And I think all those guys are going to have a chance to, to obviously, you know, make the roster. But it's going to be interesting because when, last year when Rondell Moore was out there, I'm like, this guy is small. <laughs> and then you start seeing him running, and you're like, he's fast, you know. Like, so he was, what, 5'7", and, you know, so this really – and when Robert Candice was in here, I mean, he filled the uniform up but didn't pan out in the long run. So it's – you don't, you don't want to make – observation but you, I just want to see what they look like in a Cardinals uniform and it won't be full pads or anything like that it's helmets and shorts yeah. as BA used to say it's soccer practice it's not quite football but it is the first time on an NFL field with NFL coaches so how do you respond to that how much do you retain of the playbook in which these kids are given it and I can say kids because you know I can I'm older well, I remember last year, um, Sean Jefferson, new wide receivers coach, he walked over to Rondell Moore and said, you're not on scholarship anymore. <laughs> Doesn't matter what you did before you arrived, you're here now, you're just like everyone else. you got to earn it. That's right, and that's the way it should be. I, I, I mean, I want competition across the board. Obviously, you have your starters, but there's one thing this team wants to do is have some depth at the back end of the roster and don't let what happened last year down the stretch affect you getting into the postseason. Quick notes on the schedule release again, 5 p.m. Arizona time on Thursday. And again, 
Man, the National Football League does such a great job of slow playing this, which we talked about on our most recent episode of Cardinals Covered 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, because we are finding out certain games. They announced the international games, including the Cardinals and 49ers in Mexico City. That will be Monday Night Football, November 21st. Amazon announced during the draft its first Thursday night matchup, Chargers and Chiefs. Doesn't get much better than that. And now, and will happen during the course of this week, daily now, we do note two more matchups in week two. Chargers and Chiefs on Thursday night football, and then we sort of have a doubleheader on Monday night football. Doubleheader because there's two games, but not back-to-back. Tennessee-Buffalo on ESPN, Minnesota-Philly on ABC. That was announced earlier on Monday, May 9th, and some other games will get announced by CBS and Fox as the week, as we get closer to Thursday. I mean, uh, you, you talk about, you know, Tennessee was the number one seed last year. Obviously, we go back to Ryan Tannehill and those three interceptions against Cincinnati. Um, we know Buffalo went toe-to-toe with Kansas City, so this is a great matchup early in the season because sometimes it comes down to tiebreakers. Obviously, Buffalo has to take care of business inside the division uh, with the you know with the improvement of Miami and the Jets on paper, and, and and obviously the Patriots. You just don't know what to expect from Belichick. So, yeah, I mean this is I mean these are great games, and uh, you know the fact that uh, you look at the Eagles and AJ Brown in the spotlight, first time wearing that uniform. And this will be their first meeting between the Eagles and, and the Vikings um, since 2019. So, obviously, being in the same conference doesn't mean you're always going to play them every year. So, three matchups known in week two so far. And, again, Cardinals will announce their schedule or have their schedule announced 5 p.m. on Thursday. They will, or I should say we will, be able to announce the first home opponent, whether that's week one or week two. But the first home opponent will be announced a couple hours prior to the grand unveiling, if you will, at 5 o'clock. So, again, National Football League does a great job in the middle of May to make sure it is still top of mind, even though we are post-draft and now kind of into phase two, phase three of free agency. Well, I mean, let's be honest. When we uh, when they announced the Cardinals were playing the Niners, uh, we started looking at the matchup and just, you know, uh, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. And I'm sure they're doing this in Buffalo and Tennessee today because that's, yeah, that's all you'll have to chew on. But – as you mentioned, over the next couple of days, you'll see the different networks release a couple of games. And, you know, one thing that, you know, when you get to Thursday, you can't you can't follow these leaks um, because you, you just don't know what's, you know, obviously if a team – some teams release it a little bit earlier. Everyone's supposed to release it at the same time. I get it. Um, what are they going to say? You can't do it. <laughs> so, but get a slap be, on the wrist. Be, yeah. be aware of these leaks because – Sometimes they, the dots don't connect. All of a sudden you're seeing this team play here, and then they're also here. So just be careful with that. And just listen, I'm looking forward to the schedule, but I've learned over the years, just wait. It's all going to come out at the same time. And between May and September, a lot <laughs> can happen as far as, hey, yeah. they're going to go 10-7. and seven. They're going to go 9-8. and eight. Yeah, it's just a lot can happen. And this on phase two, because we haven't really talked much about the offseason season strength and conditioning program, but it's now moved to on-field workouts, individual group instruction with coaches. There's no helmets, no live contact. You can't have offense or defense. You can't have offensive players against offensive players as far as to simulate a defense, but no offense versus defense just yet. It is phase two. It is still voluntary, but I'll say this much, MJ. I've been looking at the photo galleries on azcardinals.com. James Conner, 
Zach Ertz, J.J. Watt, Buda Baker. There are a number of players here getting in some early work. And, yes, it is early, not mandatory. Would you like to see everyone here? Absolutely. But until you get to mandatory minicamp, that's when it's mandatory, later in June. But I am impressed by the not just the numbers, but the names when you're talking about a Connor and Ertz, Watt, Buda Baker, both Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins have been here, whether they're here every day, don't know that. But they are a handful of guys, uh, more than a handful of guys, are showing up. And, you know, normally when you sign a free agent, you know, they're eager to come here and, and whether it's a one- or two-year contract, kind of move their family here. So they don't have a ton of free agency. You know, you look at Jeff Gladney and then and Nick Virgil, um, and, and there was a tight end uh, – Anderson, Steven Anderson. Yeah, so but for the most part, these guys have been here, so they know how it works. But if you're a new guy, you got a new position coach, you got new teammates. But it's not like you, like last year, you had so many new faces. I mean, when when they were, came out of a free agency, initially with J.J. Watt and then Colt McCoy and James Conner, that was a little bit later. I'm um, making the trade for Rodney Hudson. That was a little bit different, and that's why I think it's so important for these guys that are going into their second off season with the Cardinals. It's going to be a lot better than a year ago, where maybe their head was spinning a little bit, even a guy like Zach Ertz getting traded during the season. Well, Marco Wilson has been here. Dennis Gardeck, Victor Dumukeji, as far as second-year player, Victor going into his second season on the offensive side, a good number of wide receivers, Antoine Wesley, Greg Dorch, Andy Isabella, Andrew Bicelli. Again, all young players, but to your point – not a new position coach, but a second season with Sean Jefferson. And again, players that, who knows, might hear their name called based off the fact that you do not have DeAndre Hopkins for those first six games. Can Antoine Wesley get more playing time? What about Greg Dortch? Andy Isabella remains on the roster, even though his agent has permission to seek a trade. Hasn't happened yet, so you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and, you know, when we got a chance to talk to uh, Wesley after the season, you know, one of the questions I asked because you were on it initially and, you know, I'll give him credit because he knew the system and Kyla trusted him and Cliff trusted Wesley. So, but he's got to get stronger. And he, and he, he talked about improving his route running and that's the stuff you do on your own when nobody's watching. And then you carry it over to here and then you got to have a guy like Jerry Sullivan or Sean Jefferson that can help you get off press coverage, but he needs to get a little bit stronger, but Hey, He's a body, and if you want to go four and five wide, I mean, I, I'll take my chances with him. Not s so much targeting every game, but there's going to be opportunities. He's got that third or fourth corner on him. I'll take my chances if Kyler can throw it up for the 50-50 balls. And remember, he saw a lot of time late last season. Those last three games, eight catches, 76 yards, and three touchdowns because he was needed to step in for D-Hop. The question is, is he needed this season or not? Who knows, but he's putting in the work right now. Yeah, and, and you know, last year uh, you and I got a chance to see Pacelli and Greg Dorch, and they were catching everything. Now, they, obviously, Hop was practicing, A.J. Green was practicing, Isabella, he had COVID, but he was practicing. And the fact that they kept these guys around, and there was a game this year in the first possession that Dorch got the ball and I was told that Kingsbury feels like there's a skill set for him now, so somebody's going to have to pick up the slack. Again, you're not going to rely on one guy. It has to be a committee from the receiver position and the tight end position and the running back position. Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, speaking of the wide receiver position. Good morning, football. The NFL Network's flagship show in the morning last Friday, May 6th, Saw this. I wanted to bring it up here with UMJ. But you've got Kay Adams, Peter Schrager, Tom Pelissero, and Torrey Smith, the former wide receiver who played eight seasons, won two Super Bowls. 
had this roundtable discussion. Question, how concerned are you for the Cardinals with DeAndre Hopkins' six-game suspension? Smith, the former player, quote, I'm not concerned at all. And he reasoned because there's enough talent, mentioned Marquise Brown, Zach Ertz, Trey McBride, to, quote, fill that void. Now the others, non-players, more media, fans like you and I, they were concerned or at least had a lot of questions, especially how last season played out minus number 10. And that part I get because that's the last time we saw this offense in action was without DeAndre Hopkins, and it did not look good. Yeah, I'm I'm a big Torrey Smith fan. I, I I enjoyed you know watching him play, especially in Baltimore. I think he was in Philly. Um, I follow him on Twitter. He's a really intelligent guy. Now the thing is though, the numbers reflect it, Craig. I mean, eight and two, scoring 30 points a game, close to 300 to 400 yards. But the the difference is you have the entire off season to prepare for this. I mean, to sit here and say they're not going to miss DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, we watch this guy play. He's one of the top five receivers in football. Now, uh, but if if this happened in, in like I said, if it happened in September first and you didn't have any idea, now all of a sudden you're scrambling. They should have plenty of time. And I use the word no excuses, but they got to find out what they have. And we're going to get into some receivers possibly if they could bring in, but. Yeah, I mean, they're going to miss him, but you just got to hope that maybe they run the ball a little bit more. They utilize their tight ends and 12 personnel. You hope the defense can stop the run, give Kyler short field. So it's just not on the offense. It's got to be an entire you know, special teams and defense to where they, they – let's be honest, the offense right now, I mean, they can plug and play right now. Defense, we've still got a lot of question marks. And I was looking at the Cardinals' offense. I think they're, they're, they're like $113 million of the salary cap right now. Cardinals offense currently okay yeah so I mean and again eventually you know you get Chandler Jones coming off the books and some other guys but eventually they're gonna have to pay Jalen Thompson you know you know we'll see how it else works out with some of these young guys but their offense uh, you know you look at the offensive line how much they're making um Hump's going to the last year so to me um they're gonna have to figure it out but to say they're not gonna miss him I, I, I can't go down that road yet they discussed talking about good morning football Kyler Murray and his reliance on DeAndre Hopkins, specifically just looking at the numbers. The numbers of DeAndre Hopkins with Kyler Murray, individual numbers for DeAndre Hopkins, a down season even with missing as much time as he did. Just He had more weapons around him, talking about Kyler Murray, so he didn't have to target number 10 as much. But Kyler Murray with DeAndre Hopkins on the football field, what does that mean for this offense? Last season for K-1, Better than 72% completion percentage compared to 65% when Hopkins was not around. Yards per attempt, 8.8 with, 6.6 without. 18 touchdowns, 8 interceptions with, 6 touchdowns, 2 interceptions without. Passer rating, over 108 with, less than 90 without. So there is a... Considerable difference with this offense, namely Kyler Murray, because when we talk about this offense, you have to talk about the quarterback. When you have DeAndre Hopkins on the football field, what he means, not only his own talent, but the talent of him being on the field and how it magnifies everyone else's ability because opposing defenses are looking number 10's direction to allow a Antoine Wesley or at the time Christian Kirk to have a big game or a big couple of games. Now I'll say this. Based on the history with Hollywood Brown and Kyler Murray, played two years together, 
he wants to be here. They've been throwing in Texas. I don't know how, how much, but it, clearly they're, he wasn't going to post a video until the trade went through, and he's posted a few of them. I think, you know, he's going to have to be the guy. Um, you know, he was the number one receiver in Baltimore. You know, they, they're more run-heavy and then utilize the tight ends with uh, Mark Andrews. I mean, he's going to have to be the guy that takes the top off the defense. He's got the speed. And, and you know, you read stuff, can he get off press coverage? I mean, you, you watch his routes. So he's going to have to be your weapon, not to say he's the savior, but you're going to have to utilize his skill set because he can get deep where Isabella hasn't been – he hasn't had that role. And, you know, obviously it's, it hasn't worked out. Um, A.J. Green's more of a he, – he, he's a guy that can run the routes, but he doesn't have the speed to where a, t- a team is going to put a, uh, a guy behind him. They're going to try to cover him one-on-one on the hip. So, uh, And then the two tight ends. You know, and then the running game. I mean, I, I think, you know, we'll see how the running back rotation works out. But I, I like, you know, in- Ingram and possibly a one-two punch with him and James Conner. So, but, you know, a lot of those numbers were Kyler wasn't healthy. They couldn't score in the red zone couldn't get separation and the defense couldn't they couldn't force turnovers like they did when they were 7-0 on the road they were forcing turnovers and they were giving these guys short fields and so it it was a collection but clearly the offense stalled just because he was getting hit the offensive line was nine different line combinations so it, it was a little more than just D-Hop I mean you'd, you'd like to see somebody else step up and I think that's why we're hearing so much about Rondell Moore and how they want to use him this year I'll give you three reasons why the Cardinals should be able to handle a six-game absence of DeAndre Hopkins. Not a full season, just six games, which is a third of the season. One, you brought it up, time, meaning they have several months now before the start of the regular season. Two, Zach Ertz, an offseason, not just a midseason addition, but an offseason with Zach Ertz to try to get him more comfortable within this offense, something you did not have last year. And number three, Marquise Brown. You do have not DeHop's replacement, but someone that should be able to, much like we thought with A.J. Green a year ago, but Green is getting up there in age. Marquise Brown is still very, very young in this league. So those three reasons you would think, now we won't know the answer until we get to September and week one through week six, but this team should be better. Now are they going to go 6-0 and without DeAndre Hopkins? Four and two, three and three. Wait two for and the four. schedule to come exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> because and then you'll have a little bit more of an idea. Yeah. But okay, can you, for lack of a better term, tread water without D Hop and then when he comes back, hopefully it's an integration that you're like, let's go, let's pick things back up. Now we can have a different discussion when D Hop comes back, but there is certainly that idea based off of time, Ertz and Brown being here. This team should be able to, in Tori Smith's words, fill that void of number 10 not being on the field. And, you know, I guess we'll have a small sample. I mean, it is a third of the season, but, you know, you know how I – again, I know you have to run the ball to set up play action. It's a passing league. I mean, look how many cornerbacks were drafted versus wide receivers. It, it was like 57 cornerbacks because you got to have two or three. But maybe they run the ball in those first six games a little bit more. You know, my magic number is 30 carries all of a sudden. Now, hopefully the offensive line can stay healthy for that, those six weeks and, and the remainder of the season. Maybe we see a little bit different. I do think we're going to see more 12 personnel because, in, you know, hopefully Max Williams can come back. But I think they can roll out Trey McBride and Zach Ertz. And then you got Rondell Moore. 
and you know we'll we'll see where age, uh, um, Hollywood Brown lines up, and then you got Green. So maybe they run the ball a little bit more, and then utilize play action because we know Kyler Murray can make these throws down the field. He's a much more accurate quarterback, twenty plus yards than Lamar Jackson. In terms of the position that D Hop played, that ex outside receiver on the left side of the field, is that do you think AJ Green or is that Marquise Brown? Green got the experience there last season but had much better production as the number two wide receiver. Brown was the number one guy in Baltimore. Just make him number one here or keep him as that receiver on the right side. And then when D-Hop comes back, it's just a plug and play and you're not moving Brown all around, even though we're, we keep hearing that Brown can play everywhere as far as a wide receiver lining up left, right, or in the slot. Well, in Kingsbury's offense, that, that X receiver is very important to the left side. I mean, because sometimes you're going to win one-on-one matchups. Um, we know that Kyler can make that throw from the right hash mark to the out route, and there was times that early in Hop's career here they were throwing the bubble screens. i got to think you're going to line him up because the idea is – now, I don't know if Brown's replacing Christian Kirk or is it Rondell Moore replacing Christian Kirk because clearly both of those guys can play in the slot. And if they want to get more of a round uh, – um, you know, more routes for the route tree for, for Rondell Moore, it's, it's going to be interesting. Again, I, don't, I wouldn't pigeonhole any of these guys, but I don't know if I want A.J. Green on the left side. I'm going to perform on the right side. And, again, I'm just connecting dots. So you might be able, as opposed to say, all right, this is what you're going to do, Marquise Brown. It might be a number of different things that we see during those six games and even within a particular game. Well, what do they say? We want to get him in space. And, he, I mean, just watch the film. I mean, this, once he gets going, he's hard to cover. And, and again, you got to get off press coverage and everything else. But the fact that he's here, um, he's got a relationship with Kyler. That 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 will grow. You know, obviously it's about timing. But the fact that they spent two years together, they've been working out together. That, that you could push the uh, you know the fast forward button because I don't think there's going to be a lot of growing pains when it comes to those two to start the season. When we talk about moving pieces when it comes to the offensive line, it's always better to move just one piece as opposed to a domino effect to where. This guy moves here, and then that guy shifts over to the other side. With a wide receiver, at this day and age, especially with Marquise Brown, the ability to play multiple positions and not just line up and be pigeonholed on the left side. So to your point about just keeping A.J. Green on the right side because that's where he was most comfortable and most productive last season, and maybe you're utilizing Marquise Brown as that X, or maybe sometimes it's Rondell Moore, or sometimes it's Zach Ertz, or sometimes it's Antoine Wesley. That X can be more interchangeable. Size-wise, I mean, I don't mean if he's the fourth or fifth receiver. Size-wise, I think Wesley can line up on the left side. But and again, he did that a lot last season. Yeah, and he, he was – see, that was the beauty when Hop was out and he was getting reps in practice. And then that's – again, he played for Kingsbury. Um, obviously, he knows the offense. Kyler trusts him, as you mentioned, three touchdowns. So he could be a guy that lines up there um, because he is, he is a guy that – obviously, he's still raw when it comes to running routes, but he has the ability to track the ball in the air. So maybe that – again, I don't know. I think we're going to see Zach Ertz in the slot this year we can see McBride in motion and then eventually being like an H-back and then you can throw the ball in the flat to him and then we haven't even talked about James Conner in the passing game so I mean on paper the the offense as long as they can stay healthy quarterback and the offensive line and clearly you're going to miss hop but I, I think they have enough to to muster through 
Uh, we'll look at the schedule. Obviously, it's a week-to-week proposition in the NFL. You just don't want to have a losing record after six games. Bottom line, Bird Gang, as we speak here on May 9th, the Cardinals do have options. The question is, do they need more options? And that's where what has happened in the last four or five days with respect to the Cardinals in the wide receiver position and being tagged with certain wide receivers. Odell Beckham Jr., a free agent showed up at game two between the Suns and Mavericks in the Western Conference semifinals, and people are wondering, hey, OBJ is available. Problem with that is he's still rehabbing an ACL injury. Is he going to be healthy week one, or is he more of a midseason addition to which I'll argue, well, if that's the case, if he's not going to be available until week seven or week eight, then you don't need him here, even if it's working out, because you're going to get that midseason acquisition with DeHop. Well, if I'm not mistaken, he got hurt in the Super Bowl, and that was February 11th. Yes. And he, he he's rehabbing out here, and there's a lot of good rehab places, and everyone's different. I mean, Dennis Garda tore his in December. He was, you know, obviously had to knock some of the rust off. Max Williams suffered his in week five last year. We're still hoping that hopefully he can get, get healthy. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know that Kyler is a big fan of Odell Beckham. He was under contract last year, so and then the money and then the compensation, so it was more like fantasy. But I know that Kyler likes OBJ. Um, but the other name is is Des Bryant, and he, he went on Sirius. Sirius XM Radio and publicly <laughs> politicking his way to say, hey, you know what, I'm interested in playing for the Arizona Cardinals, not the Des Bryant of old, as he mentioned, that someone to come in and be a veteran presence in that locker room, which is great. But, MJ, he hasn't played since 2017. He's 33 years old. Yeah, you can be in great shape, but there's a difference between being in great shape, going to the gym every single day, versus being in football shape. I just – Well, I think the question becomes – now, if I'm the Cardinals – you know, I, I wait for all the off-season workouts to go. I, I wait for the mandatory mini camp to go, and then I reevaluate things. Because, you know, Jeff Ar- Jarvis Landry's out there, but the, you need a guy for short term. So I still think he can catch the ball. Uh, I know what you're saying. So I would, if it, when, when the Cardinals get to the off-season, it wouldn't surprise me if they gave him a workout and just kind of – but is he ready to go to camp? I mean, he's a veteran guy. He usually don't show up until the first week, and you got to learn the system. But short term, now we get to week seven, and he's only playing 13 snaps a game. How is he going to feel? If, it's, if Let's say he comes in. I don't – again, I'm just more hypothetical. I don't really don't like to speculate on this kind of stuff. But I just wonder, after six games, I mean, it's going to be Hop's team. And then you got Hollywood Brown. I mean, in the perfect scenario, you'd just like to see one of these guys step up. And if you have to go more 12 personnel, because you have the tight ends to do it. You have to run the ball more. I'm intrigued with, with Bryant, but, again, as you said, he hasn't played. He's got a lot going on off the field, and he's a very successful man, uh, person, and he he does camps, and he helps wide receivers against corners. And every time I see him catch a ball, it's always one-handed, which I'm like, put both hands on the ball. But he's got these big mitts. Again, I, he, I would just kick the tires and just see where he's at and where this team is. But I wouldn't do anything until after all the offseason workouts to where you go back to the drawing board and say – we we got to you know maybe we're a little thin here maybe we're a little thin here cuz i still think there's free out, free agents out there they would like to acquire it's just a matter of, they got to go through the process now they're bringing in 12 undrafted free agents you got eight draft picks plus hollywood brown so they got to find out what they have first but 
when it comes to experience, none of these guys have the experience of Des Bryant. But you bring up a fair point up. He hasn't played in a while. Well, as we speak, if you're looking for a wide receiver that has been playing, you mentioned Jarvis Landry. There's Will Fuller, T.Y. Hilton, Julio Jones. Those are names that are currently available and have played more recently than a Des Bryant. But I like what you said as far as there's no reason to do anything right now. Go through rookie minicamp, OTAs, minicamp, get to training camp, and then you have that discussion as far as, all right, we like our players, but in order to handle a six-game absence, we need one more offensive weapon. And it's nothing against an Antoine Wesley or an Isabella or Dorch or whomever. It's we need to win these games. We need six games. So maybe it's a six-game rental, and it becomes someone that gets signed mid-training camp whether that's Des Bryant or whomever, just something to your point, you wait because you don't need it right now. Yeah, and, and I'm sure him being, you know, a businessman and with the NFT stuff, I, I, I'm sure he doesn't want to come here. <laughs> now, again, if you're going to be committed, you got to be all in. But but he was in with the Ravens, and he didn't even play in a lot of games that year. So, uh, again, I wouldn't do anything. And then, if, you know, with – what the Cardinals got to hope for is nobody else gets injured at that position in training camp because now all of a sudden you're, I wouldn't say you're in desperate mode, but they all, every team has their ready list. And who's no, they won't work out any of those other receivers. Like Julio can't stay healthy, but can he stay healthy for six games? An injury at that wide receiver position certainly would change a lot of people's opinions. And all of a sudden maybe you do get a little, not desperate, but more in need to where right, we do need to do something now versus wait. Yeah, and, and, and again, Hopple, he'll be able to participate, but I think all the guys should get more reps just because they got to play in the first six games. Uh, Adrian Green will get some days off, but a lot of these young guys are just you know, fighting for uh, a roster spot in playing time. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. If we are looking as far as adding help to this roster, which right now stands at 90 plus one, Bernhard Sykovitz, has a roster exemption, but you are up against that 90-player limit. And I'll go back to the other side of the ball and talk defense if we think that an addition needs to be made. And I'm I'm still not very comfortable at outside linebacker answering the question who is going to rush the quarterback outside of Marcus Golden. Devon Kennard can do it, has done it when he was with the Detroit Lions. Here, though, with the Cardinals, it's been more setting the edge, helping – defend the run maybe that's what this defense needs more of than rushing the quarterback as far as an outside edge presence is concerned but you do not have anyone to replace Chandler Jones you did draft a bunch of edge rushers three but I put a little asterisk next to Jesse Lucchetta because he might be better suited to play inside linebacker so maybe two and a half edge rushers so that to me is something that I'm still looking at as far as an outside linebacker, an edge rusher. But perhaps, and I've been swayed before here on Cardinals Cover 2, because maybe that defensive line, the interior of the defensive line, is more of a glaring hole because you look, this offseason, this team has done nothing to address the interior of the defensive line. You released Jordan Phillips. Corey Peters is a free agent might retire that's according to reports so you look at who was on the roster versus who is on the roster there are no new names outside of three rookie free agents that will be in town later this week 
Yeah, it's it's an interesting conversation because, you know, you look at Marcus Golden, um, 31, going into his eighth season. Canard's 30, going into his ninth season. Dennis Gardek's 27, going into his fifth season. Rondell Carter, 24, is going into his second season. Cardinals claimed him. Victor Dimokechi's 22, second season. Cameron Thomas, third-round rookie. Maja Sanders, 22, rookie, third-round rookie. And then Jesse Lucchetta, seventh round. So, I mean, you got a couple of veterans in then, but these guys are going to have to play. I I know what you're saying. You look at this and go, you got to get another veteran guy in here. But I'm going to go a little bit further. So you, you talked about the defensive tackle. So they, they got Richard Lawrence, and he should be the starter. Um, and then you got Lucky's. Uh, both of these guys are 23, and they're going into the third season. And then they went out and signed three undrafted free agents. Manny Jones, 6'4", 290 from Colorado State. West Miles, 6'5", 279, and Leron Stokes, 6'4", 270. Now, these are all rookies and they're undrafted free agents. Now, we know about the practice squad. So, And then you look at the defensive ends, Craig. you got J.J. Watt, 33, 12th season. Zach Allen, 24, 4th season. Michael Dogby, 26, 3rd season. Jonathan Ledbetter, who had to come in for a pinch in Cleveland, he's 23, 2nd season. And then Matt Dickerson. So when I look at that, I would like to have a veteran defensive lineman added to this roster, a veteran. Because after the top two, you you have three undrafted free agents at defensive tackle. You've got Fotu and Lawrence, and then as a true defensive tackle, that's it. But those three rookie free agents, Jones, Miles, and Stokes, they're listed as defensive tackles. Now, Jones played inside his last two seasons. Miles was more of an outside guy, but they're – Wanted to see what he can do inside, and Stokes played inside at Oklahoma. But all three of those, 6'4", 6'5", 6'4", but less than 300 pounds. Fotu, 355. Lawrence, 308. It would appear, and you look at Corey Peters, 335. Phillips, 341. That is there, without knowing anything, more of a conscious effort as far as that interior defensive line. This team wants to get not just younger, but more athletic quicker off the line of scrimmage but can you handle the center guard combination are you strong enough to get through that double team or through that gap to get into the backfield and stop the ball carrier because Jones 290 Miles 279 Stokes 278 do you move J.J. Watt inside a little bit more what about Zach Allen Jonathan Ledbetter, to your point did get the starts or got significant playing time in Cleveland when Corey Peters tested positive for COVID-19. So you do have options. It's just not the prototypical defensive tackle, that beast in the middle that this team has currently. Yeah, it's a good observation because you're right. I mean, you look at Peters and uh, Phillips. I mean, they were three-plus. I mean, J.J. Watt is 288. Zach Allen's 281. I didn't realize Michael Dogby's 295. So, but – it's interesting, though, because usually you want to have run stuffers, guys that are over 300 pounds, and then you want to have a guy like J.J. Watt and Zach Allen who are 281 to 288 where they can win one-on-one matchups and they're not just, you know, obviously getting stoned at the line of scrimmage to where they can't move around. But that's something we're going to have to watch because you're right. All these guys they brought in are less than 300 pounds at the defensive tackle position. And those are rookie free agents, meaning they were undrafted. Jones, again, teammates with Trey McBride at Colorado State's 181 tackles 13 and a half sacks 33 tackles for loss that was in his career 
but did play inside on that defensive line in 2020 and 2021. Will Miles out of Central Methodist played defensive end there at Central Methodist. Began his college career here in Arizona at Arizona Western down in Yuma. And then Stokes out of Oklahoma actually could have gone back to school. He was a is a senior but had that super senior year available to him because of COVID-19 but chose to come out, didn't hear his name called, and he might see himself as far as, hey, look, they didn't really address the defensive line. And at 6'4", 278, maybe he's a little bit lighter than you would like as a defensive tackle. But what do you want out of that guy? You want someone to occupy some space and not allow the running back to get by you. So I'm just curious in how this team handles the defensive line position and edge rusher as well to where maybe there is more moving parts, more of a rotation. J.J. Watt doesn't just play outside. Zach Allen doesn't just play outside, but there is some more movements of pieces to try to maybe confuse the offense a little bit, but also to make up for the fact that you don't really have that inside presence on the line. Yeah, if I, if I was uh, an agent and um, I had an undrafted free agent defense alignment, I'm calling Arizona. I mean, and here, they, they only bring it in 12 this year. Sometimes it's 15. We'll have some tryout guys. They'll bring in a couple quarterbacks for tryouts, but you need an arm. But, well, you look at Ledbetter, 280, Dickerson, 292. So, it's it's it's. I guess it's going to be interesting. But I would definitely bring in – now, Keem Hicks is out there. He's been He's been injury prone. You're not. You're gonna get a guy like Corey Peters that maybe is gonna play 20 to 30 snaps, but he's got veteran experience and he, maybe he'll wow you with his technique and help these young guys. But uh, I, listen, I'm not. I'm concerned just with the the lack of experience at the outside linebacker position. But I know what they're trying to do here. They're trying to obviously flood the position. But I would definitely look at a defensive tackle or defensive end. And and, and again, maybe that happens after, but. If you feel like you're you're short at that position, I would bring somebody in earlier. It's not as uh, it's not as demanding as looking for a wide receiver because right now you got to find out what you have on the roster. There are some names out there at defensive tackle, and Dominican Sue, he's 35. Linville Joseph, 33. Sheldon Richardson, 31. Eddie Goldman, 28. But those are some defensive tackles that are currently available. And to your point, maybe it's all right. They're out there for a reason. We don't need them to play now. Let's see what these three rookie free agents can do. Or let's see, perhaps, maybe J.J. Watt plays more inside a little bit. Or Cameron Thomas, who played with his hand in the dirt as a defensive end in college, but is going to be playing outside linebacker here with the Cardinals because there is more of a need for him right now. Well, maybe maybe we're connecting dots here. So you were first on this about size. What the one thing the Cardinals like to do in for any player, position flexibility. You know, I think they'll take one of the guards, whether it's Hayes or Smith, and they'll cross-check him and start working at center. So you have a backup center, obviously, in the future. I mean, the more you can do. So if you're looking at Cameron Thomas, he can put his hand in the dirt, he can rush. Some of these other guys may be at a rush and drop back in the coverage just based on their size and their weight. So uh, – I, th- I think that what they really want to do is have these guys that can play multiple positions. Obviously, when we look at Isaiah, maybe there's too much on his plate. Um, instead of five or six, maybe three or four. Uh, but for the most part, it looks like they, they, they ID these guys as this more than just an outside pass rusher or a guy that can put his hand in the dirt. Does that make sense? It does, because if you look at what the 
Cardinals released from draft weekend, azcardinals.com, the draft call put in by general manager Steve Keim to Cameron Thomas. This is what Keim told Thomas. Quote, the one thing we'd like to do is at least try to see if we can have you play some 34 outside linebacker for us. Then he added, your ability to move around is a real strength, but I think the one big thing is we really need help at outside linebacker and rushing the passer, and obviously that's one of your strengths. That was in a brief phone conversation when the Cardinals called Thomas and said, hey, welcome to Arizona. Thomas, 6'4", 267, has that ability. Now, if you stand him up, how good is he as far as getting that curve or getting that edge and beating that tackle or that tight end? Well, I mean, you know, obviously to trade the first overall pick for 23rd for Hollywood Brown, then to get McBride at 57 and at 87. I know people were wondering when they're going to get their first lineman. Uh, I, I love his film. Now he played at San Diego state, um, but he's, he's, he's active. And to me, he's going to be a guy that's going to be active on game day. Obviously you hope so being a second round pick and also play on special teams. This guy's, I think he's more athletic than people give him credit for. But he, 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 he flies around. Now, again, maybe I look at the competition. But here, learning from guys like J.J. Watt and Zach Allen and, you know, the defensive line coach, uh, he, he's going to be active on game day. And, and I, But I'm starting to look – you, after you mentioned it, I'm starting to look at maybe they want these guys to do a couple different things and just be pigeonholed. You're an outside linebacker. No, there are times we're going to ask you to rush. And, and sometimes you can rush between the guards where you're blitzing. And this all goes back to scheme, fit with Vance Joseph and the talent he has. The other edge rusher, the Cardinals drafted in the third round, my Jay Sanders out of Cincinnati, 6'5", 248. Mentioned that he wants to play at 255, which is what Chandler Jones was. He played at 255. So maybe Sanders becomes more of that prototypical rusher straight ahead, get into the backfield, and Thomas becomes more of that guy. Maybe you're going to rush, maybe we're going to drop you, or maybe you're going to play inside. It's, it's a little bit different than the – Isaiah Simmons, where he's moving all around the field, meaning literally playing at three different levels of the defense. Here with Thomas and Sanders, it's just one level of the defense. Front seven. It's yeah. It's, You're not going to cover a slot receiver. No. You're not going to cover the tight end. But it does look. There's 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 certainly a lot of questions on that front seven as far as depth and then the ability and to put it all on Vance Joseph and his coaching staff as far as well. They did it in 2020, getting to the quarterback. I keep telling everyone that wants to hear me, you had Hassan Reddick that year, and you caught lightning in the bottle with Dennis Gardeck. Reddick, what, 12 and a half, 13 sacks? Yeah. Had five or six in one game, and then Reddick, um, what was it, seven sacks in 93 snaps for Gardeck? Yeah. Yeah, and that was done by committee. But, again, you, you got to be able to cover. I mean, then you can get pressure. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, when we look at all three layers, I mean – that definitely, we're going to find out who's who's going to be the starters and who's going to be the depth and the backups. Because I don't know if this entire draft class will make the roster, but obviously they're going to have a chance to play in the preseason. But yeah, that's something we're going to have to look for in training camp. Just where's guys lining up? Because there were times and they weren't hiding it. Isaiah was always with Billy Davis, the inside linebackers, and then he would go over there with Marcus Robertson and Greg Williams during the position drills where you rotate. Oh, open, yeah, open it with. The, for the media, so yes. they weren't hiding it, but that's what you want to do. You want, and the fact that I would like to know if it's going to be Hayes or Smith, because I get the impression that Coogs wants to cross-check uh, one of these guys to play center, and that's only that's only going to help you get active on game day. I mean, only can dress eight offensive linemen, and I, I, I like both of these guys' sizes, their anchor. It's going to be interesting to see 
where Josh Jones lines up, I would say right tackle. We really haven't heard a lot on Justin Murray. And then, obviously, Will Hernandez um, has the experience of relationship. But I don't think the Cardinals are done there at the offensive line either. No, and there's a report that came out over the weekend. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reported that the Cardinals are bringing in for a visit veteran center Billy Price, who was with the Giants last season, teammates with Will Hernandez on that offensive line. Who knows, maybe by the time Berg Gang you get a chance to listen to this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, the deal will be done. But that has been something that was reported and certainly that's kind of under the radar center position. Okay, Rodney Hudson is the starter, but what happens if he's missing time? And he did miss time last season and the offense suffered. Nothing against Max Garcia, but that up-the-middle pressure by opposing defenses was square in the face of Max Garcia. You lose a Rodney Hudson for however many games, knock on wood, it doesn't happen, but who's your backup? Kingsbury during the draft said, hey, Sean Harlow, quote, as of today, end quote. So it's obviously a position that they're looking at. 26 years old, former first-round pick. He tore his bicep or tricep at the combine, did not drop in the draft, and then he, he was he's, he's 26, he's 6'4", about 308, so he's got good size. And he was he was in a player to player trade with the Giants, so that's where he spent the last year with the Giants. Um, but he was a first round pick. Um, he went to Ohio State. Uh, we know they put a lot of linemen in the NFL, um, and he's got he's got starts, he's got snaps. Now I don't know, I mean, but again, he is strictly a center. I'm sure they're going to ask him to play guard too, just because Max Garcia is no longer here. Sean Harlow to me is. Give him credit because he helped his team in a pinch, but you got to upgrade that position if something happens to Rodney Hudson. And normally when you come on a visit, knowing that you know off-season workouts start, th- th- this is a position where, where they look at the roster and say, we want to add another veteran player where you don't wait because now he's got to learn the system, learn learn the line calls. So every position is a little bit different If because normally when you go on visits now, now when I say this, Williams, the running back from Kansas City, he wanted – Obviously, more money. Cardinals decided to draft the uh, running back, so we'll see there. But normally, when you come in for a visit at this time, all, all the parameters have been discussed. And I would think it's a you know, one-year deal. Um, you know, With incentives, you're active on game day. You, you play if you're under 53 or 46. So, again, I can't predict anything, but Jeremy Fowler does a nice job. But normally, and again, I, I just want to be consistent here. I talked about the receiver. That's not a pressing need right now. But if you want to make sure that Rodney Hudson's fresh for the season, you want to bring in a guy that obviously is looking for a job. Harlow started five games last season, one of them at center. Marcus Henry, who is on the roster, a center, played in four games, but that was mostly on special teams. So, again, you do have options, but it is is it an option that you're comfortable with as far as if Hudson's not available, which you hope you're not dealing with. But, again, he missed time last season. Yeah, and, you know, again, nine different line combinations, and it wasn't good. And that's why Collar was getting hit late in the year, and obviously it showed in the Rams playoff game. Cardinals covered two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. One other note before we exit stage left here, Cardinals flight plan episode three, Cardinal grade premieres May 9th on the team's official YouTube page. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals. Focusing on the three days of the NFL draft highlighted by the trade for Marquise Brown. All the draft phone calls and reactions both inside the draft room and by the draft prospects. That's where you get the emotion. That's where you get the realization of a dream come true. All the hard work leading up to that draft day, whether it's on day one, day two, or day three. Eight players. Now with the Arizona Cardinals, 
got that phone call from general manager Steve Kime. Yeah, I, I've watched a couple of these uh, draft uh, calls, and it's the GM calls you and introduces himself, and we're going to pick you. Um, and then, you know, the guys think, and then he passed the phone over to the head coach and then the owner, and then they all say, have a good time tonight. Enjoy this moment and be safe. You know, so it, it's funny. And then all of a sudden their focus is on the next. But these calls – are, uh, they're changing someone's life. And I think last year when Zayvon Collins was drafted, considering his upbringing, um, but you got to put the work in. But these calls are awesome. We don't even get a chance to see them until it's released. Again, it's Episode 3, Cardinals Flight Plan, titled Cardinal Grade, premiering May 9th on the team's official YouTube page. Go to youtube.com slash Cardinals. And on that note, we'll put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.